God. We thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we love you because you first love us. So we bless you. Amen and amen. Well, welcome to church. Grab your Bibles. Hold them up real high. And say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Today, I will be taught the incorruptible, indestructible word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You can find Numbers 13 while you go over there, but I believe. <laughs> so I just want to just kind of recap what we did last week for those of you who were not here because you were summer vacating in France or Paris, Texas, whichever way that you want to do it. But uh, we talked about words with friends last week. And we defined what words were and we defined what friends were. And we said that words were conversations that could create division, disillusionment, discontentment, or create an appetite for destiny. That's the power and the value of a conversation. Then we defined what friends were, that we had two types of friends. We had friends who were called pullers, who pull you away from righteousness, pull you away from right doing, pull you away from your family, pull aways. Or we had those who were pushers, pushers who push you towards God, who push you towards the right thing, who push you towards the word. And uh, well, lo and behold, the word of God works like this. Whenever you hear his word, you will be tested on it. So I don't know if you had an opportunity to be tested this week like I had to be a puller or to be a pusher. Maybe you encountered a puller or a pusher. Maybe you looked in the mirror and recognized it was you. Either way, we are going to kind of take one of the stories that we we talked about last week and break it down even further because I want to talk to you about talking in circles. Talking in circles, talking in circles. So we're, we're continuing and closing our words with friends situation, but we're talking in circles. And I'm very famous for that. I mean, my husband will say, sweet, what are you saying? What are you saying? I say, babe, are you hungry? He said, no, if you're hungry, just say it to me, sweet, I'm hungry. But I say, no, are you hungry? Do you want to stop at Wendy's? Do you want to? And he'll say, just sweet, just say, I want to stop at Wendy's. <laughs> Just ask for what you want or you're going to have to settle for what you get. So, so he's like, you know what? I'm going to Whataburger. You did not be specific. You're stuck. <laughs> I want to talk about that. Talking in circles. Talking in circles. And there's a song that you all used to sing because it's not in my generation. Because, you know, I stopped at 18. I just kind of multiplied it a couple of times. But... You know, Elvis Presley, he sang a song and it says, um, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. He will hear a faintest cry and he will answer. When you feel the prayer wheel turning, you know a little fire is 
And let's sing it together. Have a little talk with you. Very good. The Bible puts it like this in Jeremiah 33. It says, call on me and I will answer. Isaiah says, come, let's reason together. You see, what I find is that we're talking to the wrong friends. (laughs) But there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And I would declare to you that the friend that has an expected end is the one that we should be speaking to. And too often, we are putting the first person who should be our top priority as our last option. So we keep on the phone and we keep talking to everybody. As you see, let me explain the conversation to you. It's not the information that's problem. It's the intent behind the information that's the problem. You see, I can share with you something that's a fact. But if I share with you and you and you and you and you, it becomes gossip. I can have a confidant. I can have a friend that I can speak to. Somebody I can bounce things off of. I I normally tell Evan, you know, oh, I get irritated with this person. Or, oh, I get, you know, that person's irritated with me. You know, I kind of tell him all that stuff. But if I now go and tell you and you and you and you, now I have uncovered and it shows the intent of my heart was not just to be factual with my information, but was to make it bigger than it needed to be. So I don't want you to think that I want you to walk around and you muzzle your mouth and you never speak ever again. No, I am saying to you that there is a person, a friend that we should speak to. The Bible calls him the way. The Bible says he's Emmanuel, the God who walks with us. A very present in help in trouble. He's called the advocate, a witness, a counselor. He's called a comfort and a deliverer. And a dwelling place. He's called the father of mercies. The God of my hope. The God of my life. The God of my praise. He's called. He that calls you. He that does speak. He that sees me. My hiding place. My friend. Friend. The Holy Spirit. Is our friend. And we are running to the wrong avenues. When our first conversation, when our heart is overwhelmed, David said, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Because this level can't help you. You can't talk to somebody else who has no power over heaven and earth. Who cannot melt the hearts of men and shift things in your favor. So why talk to somebody on this level when God wants you on that level? Why speak to somebody who can't do anything when you have the God of all eternity on your side who can do everything? The right friend. The right friend. Before you speak out, why don't you speak up? Turn to Numbers 13, Numbers 13, Numbers 13. I want to talk to you because we talked about the Israelites last week and we, we talked about the 12 spies. And I want to revisit that story in just a, a little bit. And I told you all to wear your little flat shoes because we were going back to Castle this week. So I hope you're ready to worship and you're ready to praise. And you're not going to sit down on God even during, during the word because the word is a part of worship. Numbers 13, Numbers 13. So this is the account of when um, 
the spies went out to look at the land. Now, the thing that's interesting is God had already said he was going to give us this land. But he said to them, hey, go send out some people. And what Moses did was he sent out a head of every tribe. He sent out a person from every tribe. And for 40 days, they went to scouting. They went to see. 40 days, they were able to see that what God had declared was true. It was a land with milk and honey. It, that's, that's what he had promised. It was a prosperous place. It was a great place. 40 days, back and forth, back and forth, they were spying and seeing. Yes, this is a great place. So we pick up the verse in... Um, Verse 26, 25. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought word unto them and all of the congregation showed them the fruit of the land. And that's when they brought the grapes, you know. And they told him and said, we came unto the land where you sent us and surely, surely it flows. With milk and honey. And this is the fruit. This is the evidence of it. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. I can't see what's good in my life. Nevertheless. I can't see that the wife is the one for me. Nevertheless. I can't see that the job that I hate so much is still the job that pays my bills. Nevertheless. The people are strong. They dwell in the land. And the cities are walled. And they're very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak. We saw some people from our past there. Kind of tortured us before. The Amalekites dwell in the land, Moses. Of the south. And and the Hittites. And the Jebusites. And the Amorites, they dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea. And on the coast of Jordan. Moses, Moses, you don't see we're surrounded on every side. So what in the world did you have the great for? If all you were going to see was what was wrong. Conversation. And the Bible says here, and Caleb still the people before Moses and said, no, 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 no. Let's go up at once and possess it for we are well able. But the men that went up with him, the leaders of the tribes said, no, no, we're not able to go against the people. They're stronger than us. And they brought back an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying, the land which we have gone. Yes, the land that eats of the inhabitants, therefore. And all the people we saw it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. After that, God says, I don't know what to do with you stiff-necked people. I brought you out after 400 years of enslavement. I take you through a miraculous Red Sea. Did you forget you almost drowned? Did you not see that before I had destroyed your enemies? You are no longer with Pharaoh. 
And then when you were hungry, I, I, I formed manna out of heaven daily. When, when you didn't think that, that you could make that bill work, somehow, somehow, the daycare just decided to discount you that week. Just that week, though. You, do you not see how, how when you needed lunch, somebody just conveniently said, Hey, girl, let's go together. Daily. And, and then I gave you direction and, and a, a, a cloud by day and, and some fire by night. You're still in that cloud by day, fire by night situation and still you can't see the hand of God. It is still a miracle and you still can't pay attention to it. Your conversation has gone back to drawing circles in the sand. And it makes you talk in circles. So you go around that same mountain. You are on that same mountain again of insecurity, the same mountain of comparison, the same mountain of, boy, I'll never have enough, the same mountain of my marriage is here again, the same mountain of, boy, I don't know if I can do it. We're in the same mountain of this deal just won't go through. We're in the same situation. Because what had happened was when God gave you a promise, you focused on the problem instead of the promise of God. And he wants to change your conversation today. Their mumbling and their unbelief proved that their hearts didn't trust God. Deuteronomy 8 says this. He sent you in the desert in wonder to prove your heart. And sometimes we don't understand that the difficult days are the best days because it's there we find out what's in your heart. Do you really believe? Are you really jealous? Are you really envious? Are you really competitive? What what really are you? You can't get that in the prosperous times because then you swell up and you think you're great and you think you're awesome. But in the tough time when you have nothing but God, then you have a conversation with him that can change your course. But many of us have been in that difficult place and here we are again at the same mountain. And we're saying, when are we going to shift out of this land? Well, I'm so glad you asked because God gave them a second chance. Turn to Joshua 5. Turn to Joshua 5. We got to stop spotting the mountain and spot the message. He already said, see, I've delivered this. That means he was already on the other side of your, your faith fight. He was already there. Just like when he told the disciples in the book of Mark. And they, they were finishing after they broke all that bread to 5,000 people. And the Bible says that they were tired. And Jesus said, no, no, no. After you pick up the baskets, roll and go to the other side. And in the middle of it. The big storm came, a tempest came, the Bible said. And they got very afraid because they were in the middle. They were too far from the shore and yet not close enough to their promise. But the Bible says that Jesus was there looking at them. And then he came on the water and walked. And we don't remember that even in the storm, Jesus is there. There's no storm that he who can go through that he cannot say, peace be still. There is no wave that can come that he can't walk upon that thing. So you are never in trouble because God is on your side and God is for you and God is with you. So let us not practice his absence. Let us practice his presence and Act like God is there. Just stop talking as if he lives somewhere else. As if he's somebody.
God. Yes, it's God. He is there. Are you in Joshua? Joshua. We're going to turn to Joshua. Turn to Joshua 5. Joshua 5. I love this. I love this. We're going to talk about the city of Jericho because you see, we had another chance. We had another chance to get the promise. Turn to Joshua 5 verse 6. And it says this. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness. To the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed. Because they did not obey the voice of the Lord whom the Lord swore that he would show them the land. Which the Lord swore unto their fathers and he would give us. A land flowing with milk and honey. And their children whom he raised up in their stead. (laughs) Oh Jesus. Raised up in their stead. Raised up in their stead. Don't let your circles in the stand, stand cause you to miss out on a promised land because you can't control your conversation. Hmm. Turn with me now to Joshua 6. Joshua 6. Joshua 6. So it's time to win the city of Jericho. And God says, you know what? The last plan didn't quite work. <laughs> Told these people, you're going to win. He even went and showed them some mega grapes. He never seen no steroid grapes like this in their life. <laughs> I mean, it's like them whole food grapes versus them Walmart grapes, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 um, and he's like, before I sent out people from every tribe, I sent out leaders from every tribe. Forget that. Those people didn't have enough conversation with me to believe me. So I'm going to switch up this strategy. Let's turn to Joshua 6 verse 9. Joshua 6. So it says here, God tells, it's very long, but you can read the whole chapter. God tells Joshua, listen. An angel comes and visits him and says, listen, go take Canaan. And this is how you're going to do it. He gives him a strategy, right? So we're going to pick up there. And the armed men went before the priest. The people who are not afraid of war. The people who have not been afraid of a tough time. The people who who difficulty don't scare them because they have already proven their God in the times of tough. Those are your your rod and dies. Your street coders. Your non-snitchers. Your switchbladers. Those are people who are hunting for a fight. Like, yeah, get me, put me, put me up in the front. I can take it. He puts them in the front. Then he puts the priests. Oh, isn't that good? <laughs> he puts the priests right behind them. Those who have been having a consistent conversation with God. People who have been talking with God get in the front of the line. So sometimes while you're wondering, why am I way back here? I am just asking, have you been having that little talk with Jesus? Or have you been telling Mumu and Susu about your troubles? Those who talk with God can hear him. And when you can hear him, you can do something about it. I remember my husband used to work for Airborne Express. And it was kind of like DHL, FedEx, UPS type of thing. 
I don't remember he was new and he went to training and did all that good stuff. But it was, I want to say maybe the first week or so on his job. Very, very new into the system. And one thing about this chocolate, just... I'm just saying, every time I see him, he look better. What can I say? <laughs> Is he talked to God. When I met him in Bible school, he was talking to God. He talked to God in the banana fields. There was nobody in there but him and the bananas. But he talking to God. He talked to God by the pool. He was talking to God up on the road. Every time I look, Evan's talking to God. Even now, I wake up this morning, the first thing is he's got the Bible on audio praying. When I see him, he's outside praying. He talks to God. So he hears God because he talks to him. So it's no wonder why God would promote him. Why people hating on him, I'm going, but he's talking to God. So God is sharing strategy with him. God is telling him, you see that car you want? I know it's going to cost somebody, yes, $200,000. But for you, I'm going to give you a strategy. And it's not going to cost you nothing more than what you're paying right now. Talk with God. I remember he was in Airborne and I, I remember some packages had gotten lost. And they were in this meeting and there was a very important big client. And they could not figure out. Why the package had gotten lost. And right there in the meeting, under his breath, he began to speak in tongues. And he began to have a conversation with Jesus right there in the middle of airborne. And he said, have you checked the zip code? And of course, they're looking at him like, of course, dummy. That would be the first thing we would check. We've been here longer than you. We know more than you. We're more experienced than you. You just kind of wet behind the ears. You just came out of training. But he didn't understand he'd been training with God a long time. <laughs> God know where that package is when your systems fail. He can GPS what you are missing. Just like when Saul went to Samuel to look for a word and he was looking for his lost donkeys. Some of you got some things that are lost, but until you go and you hear, you'll never find them. And they rechecked it and found it. And it became a witness. It became a different conversation. His boss said, Eben, how did you know that? He said, well, let me tell you. I had a conversation. I spoke in tongues. What is that? And it, the, the whole thing changed. This was his boss. And I would believe that he led his boss into speaking in tongues. New on your job. But because they saw something unusual, they could not deny that there was a power there that superseded the issue. So I want to say to you, you want to be at the front of the line? <laughs> You want to be ahead and not behind? You want to be the supervisor and not the supervised? Then stop talking down here. Man up. Go up. Get up. Shout up. Talk up. And so it says here. It says here. We're in verse 9. That the priest went right behind them. And then after the priest going on blowing the trumpets, Joshua had commanded the people. Now the Ark of the Covenant was in there. So they made a very good point. God was like, you know, last time you didn't see me at all. I'm going to make sure you see me. So instead of all these people going up, 
I'm going to put the unafraid first. Then I'm going to put those who talk to me. I'm going to put my presence right there. So you can see when you are talking to me as your friend, there's a presence that comes. And it says Joshua commanded people saying, you're going to shut up. That's what it says. You You shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice. With your voice. Because he has spoken. So why you need to ad lib what Jesus has already said? Why do you need the footnotes to something that you didn't command? Why are you adding instructions to his initial instruction to you? So this is what it says. Until the day I tell you, then you shall shout. So he, the ark of the Lord, come past the city, going about it once. And they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. And Joshua rose early in the morning and Mr. Napoleon about to close. You may want to go up there, my brother. You may want to go up there. <laughs> That's my friend. He said, shh, no silence. He told them that they would walk around the city once. And then on the seventh day, prophetically, a completed work. Seven is a number of perfection. The number of completion. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. He says, shh, the last time you messed this up with all the talking you did. And when you had time to, to congregate, you kind of criticized and compared and mumbled and complained. So this time, I'm going to fast it out of you. I'm going to fast out of you the need to be attended to. I'm going to fast out of you the need to be seen. I'm going to fast out of you the need to be heard. I'm going to fast out of you the need to be understood. I'm going to fast out of you the need to be in front. I'm going to fast out of you by making you quiet. By making you still. Where the only conversation that you can hear is the one between me and you. I'm going to pull you into the shadows and I'm going to strengthen you because it says you shall rise up with wings as eagles. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. Well, you see, the analogy to that is that the eagle will go into the cleft of a rock and hide itself and it will take its beak. It's called the molten process and it hits its face against the wall and it plucks out its feathers until it's naked and unashamed until there's nothing left. The worst I can look. I look stupid before everybody walking around this wall, God. I look dumb because I'm not in the front anymore. I'm behind. I look weak, God, because my marriage is struggling and I'm fighting for it. I'm embarrassed. I'm the talk of the town, God. Because I'm walking around a circle again and they can see me making circles in the sand. And they're saying, look at that idiot. She's trusted in a God who's not coming through. She's believing in a promise that doesn't seem to have a pathway. And he won't allow you to shine. Because you and I don't remember that it's in the silence that we get built. It's in the shadows that we learn God it's when we are ignored that he can develop a deliverer it's on the backside of the desert that Moses got the call to go deliver Egypt not when he was in front when he was behind so if you're behind today 
If you're walking around this thing, you're in the best position. Because the only conversation you can have is the one with the right person. In the silence, God is working. You can't see it. You can't see it every time you make that step. All you see is dust. You can't see it. Because all you got the instruction is to just stay here. I hate my job, God, but don't move. I hate my God, my job, God. Don't move. I hate my job, God. Don't move. You're stuck because you're choosing obedience this time. Why did God have them go around? Because, see, they had been around before. They were familiar. They were coming from a a, a generation of circlers. And he decided this time, instead of you going around and looking at the mountain in your way, you're going to look at this promise and say it's going to come down. Your perspective is going to change. Seven days of perfect work in our hearts. Because our hearts can only declare what we truly believe. Yeah. You can't declare out of your mouth what, what's not present in your heart. And so our words reflect our past experiences. But God wants it to reflect our expected promise. Why don't we speak? Why do we complain? Because we're used to our flesh than we are words of faith. Where our appetite is lopsided. We watch and listen and intake more that appeases our flesh than we do the discipline of talking to God. I see my husband do it all the time. And it's the most important thing for me. It's the thing that makes me the most safe is knowing he hears God. When he and I are not on the same page, it don't bother me. God going to talk to him because he have a 9 a.m. appointment with him the next day. Without fail. So I can, I can wait till 9 a.m. the next day. I can walk this thing around because somehow God's going to talk to Evan Connor because he makes it a point. To make sure that his filter is filtered first by this. And not your words. Not my words. Not my emotions. I could be crying and bleeding on the Jericho road. He'll just say, where is up in the name of Jesus and walk. Because he's not going to let that shift his relationship. And so they walked around. Revelation eleven twelve. Revelation eleven twelve. my last scripture. And I love this. If you and I are not careful, we will spend our life being accustomed to the pain that we've always had. They begged back for Egypt. They said, send us back. It would have been better had we stayed there. Because you get used to walking in circles. You get used to this cycle. Here we are again. Aren't you tired of being here again? Aren't you tired of of, of doing this again? How about you withdraw into the presence of God? Revelations 11. I love this because you see while they were in Jericho, you just have to imagine this great and wonderful army. Everybody knew the miracles God had done in their life. Everybody knew that God had redeemed them. Everybody knew God had delivered them. But here they are like dummies walking in a circle. And your enemy is looking at you. And he will do anything 
to let you fail. I don't know if you remember that old movie, Crimson Tide. Gene Hackman and Denzel Washington. You ought to watch it. And when the mutiny had happened on the on the ship, they had taken out their enemy, put him, locked him up. He got some people, got back out, and they created this mutiny. And while Denzel was kind of locked away, it looked like, oh boy, he won't go make it. And some of you are right there and your people are looking at you. And you're thinking, I don't know. They look at this church and go, oh, when is it going to happen? And you get the persecution for that. But you got to know, shh. There's strength in silence. There's salvation in silence. You can't see it with every pressed foot against that sin. But every time you walk one step in obedience, God is saying, that's my girl. Every time you step one step foot forward, sir, he's saying, I can count on him. That wall that you're looking at, you're not going to have to make no effort. You're not going to have to carry those big grapes and fight those Amalekites and those Jebusites and all these people in the land. Oh, you if you just obey, all you won't have to do is shift your conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revelation eleven twelve says this. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Come up here. Come up here. And it says, when they came up here, they went into the cloud and their enemies saw it. God is saying to you, if you will come up here, you will see I've taken care of your Jericho. If you come up here, you'll see that I don't see a wall. I only see dust. If you will come up here, you'll see I see your bank account full. If you will step up, I will show you that I've showed up. If you will just get up, I promise you I will back up, back down from you. I promise you I made that thing disappear. I promise you it won't suckless. But one more time, and the Bible declares that they were commanded to make a show. They were commanded to praise God. They were commanded to say, I believe. They were commanded to say, it's full. It's finished. You're able. You're great. You're awesome. You're magnificent. You're glorious. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Oh, you're great. Oh, you're great. Oh, you're great. If you would just stand up with me, let's take a moment and let's just look from up here for a second. Let's just look from up here for a second. You're not a struggler. You don't have a God who struggles. Don't claim struggle. Don't bet struggle. What you going to do with your words this week? What perspective you going to have? 
Are you going to look at that mountain or are you going to trust that the God of the mountain, he's going to level that for you? I know the plain field doesn't seem level, but that God will come in like a bulldozer and make that plain. So let's just take a moment and worship God. I want us to sing that song, Our God is Greater. And whatever the Jericho is in your mind, I want to see yourself circling that thing. But you're not circling it like you did the last time. You're circling it because you know that you know. You're sure that you're sure. You're positive that you're positive. That he is able to complete the work that he has begun in you. He's the author and he's a finisher on your faith. What he has begun, he will complete.
you know you've been in and out, in and out, in and out, vacillating. But today you say no.